Good evening, you are listening to Three Moves Ahead, and I'm your host, Rob Zachney. Joining me tonight, we welcome back our friend, freelance writer, TJ Hafer. Hello, hello. And we're also joined by Justin Rosniak, known as Do Not Eat on YouTube. Uh, Justin, great to have you on the show. Oh, it's good to be on the show. I'm excited. I never podcasted before. Uh, well, this is the first time we've ever had someone quite so knowledgeable with the topic at hand, I suspect. Uh, Justin, you're sort of known for a series of, uh, a series of videos you've done on cities and urban planning uh, around city, city skylines. And uh, before we dig into tonight's topic exactly uh, with, uh, with City Skylines Industries, uh, I thought maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself, where the interest comes from, and where the body of knowledge comes from. So I, I've been interested in urban planning for a long time. It actually goes back to uh, you know playing SimCity, SimCity 4 especially. Uh, it was way back in the day of when, when Simtropolis was still a big site. And I'm actually not the first person to do the sort of thing that I'm doing right now. There was someone else who wrote a, a, a series back then. It was a text and screenshot-based series called uh, Adventures in New Urbanism, which kind of explained, uh, you know, how suburbs work and why, you know, suburbs are kind of organized in a really, really crappy car-oriented fashion and how, you know, traditional city planning or as it's called uh, new urbanism now, new urbanism is the old urbanism is uh uh it it just explained uh why why living in the suburbs was so unsatisfactory in ways I couldn't articulate before and then I realized all right I should probably get into the city planning stuff and then uh tried to go to school for architecture they wouldn't take me so I went to school for civil engineering uh which is and somehow managed to graduate and then uh couldn't get a job so uh well after being fired uh so i started the series and here i am <laughs> <laughs> all right and uh so one of the things that made it sort of imperative i think for me at least that we that we get you for the show is you did a review of uh city skylines industries the, the new expansion from colossal order uh really detailing the ways in which it doesn't it just doesn't work at representing its subject matter uh this new expansion is an effort to so since the last time we checked in on city skylines there have been a couple significant expansions there which we're going to tackle tonight uh there there was green cities uh which was tackling uh sort of sustainability and environmental concerns in city skylines um and then most recently there's uh city skylines industries which tries to flesh out the economic model, but particularly the industry uh, model that City Skylines has has employed. It, it, it attempts to provide some uh, almost like business sim elements in and and put those inside uh, City Skylines without to, to tip my hand here a little bit without I think very much success uh, to to be quite honest. But what I really enjoyed about your review is that you're approaching it from this perspective of, um, you know, really firm understanding of the infrastructure needs of heavy industry, of modern industry, uh, extraction, um, you know, resource extraction industries, and how poorly City Skylines is sort of equipped to deal with those. So uh, I was really excited to have you on the show and, and really excited to dig into City Skylines 
efforts to become a more comprehensive uh, city builder. Uh, TJ, as as we get in here, get into this a little bit, could you explain to us a little bit how the industries are supposed how how industry is sort of conceptualized in this expansion and how they're sort of supposed to work what we're supposed to glean from them yeah i think you're you're kind of spot on that they're sort of layering like a mini game on top of all the things you're regularly doing in skylines where you're they're they're trying to set up this sort of thing where you can increase your your city income by creating these production lines that kind of go from the extraction point to having warehouses and, you know, creating efficiencies between transporting goods to all the different places they need to be. Um, whether you're going to use them within your city or if you're, you know, going to set up maybe like a cargo airport and use that as a way at sort of an end point for some of your finished goods. Um, it actually seemed to me from I, I've played less of this particular expansion, I think, than either of you guys have, that this could have been kind of an interesting game by itself, maybe um, if if you had like an existing city and you were, you know, maybe in charge specifically of managing this one aspect of it. But the way that it kind of sits on top of Skylines as it exists, which I have played quite a bit of prior to these last couple of expansions, it just seems like from what I played of it kind of superfluous and, and like the, the rewards I got for paying a lot of attention to it didn't feel especially meaningful. It didn't feel like it it was almost like I was doing it for its own sake. Like this should really be its own separate game maybe as opposed to something I'm doing on top of all the regular skyline stuff. Well, it's already kind of an odd it's already kind of an odd thing you're building you're building this weird industries expansion on top of an already kind of weird in my opinion economic model yeah uh, which is that basically the, so in pre in in sort of the, the vanilla version of the game what they had was very familiar to anyone who played like SimCity. You just zone industry in certain areas and factories pop up. And they're all very cookie-cutter factories. Uh, that, you know, Big buildings take up a huge footprint. They generate pollution, but also revenue for your city and create jobs. And that was about as much detail, I think, as the, the game was interested in going into. And it kind of hand waves away all... Just about every other detail uh, that that involves industry. Um, this new one keeps that model. Like those industries are still there. That entire system is still there. But now there's like raw materials on the map, and so its vision of industries is really like what it specifically means. I think in in pretty much every case is some kind of extractive industry. Like maybe the exception is uh, agriculture. Uh, where you can, you know, build farms on fertile fertile soil, uh, and you know, air, pr- processing facilities. But beyond that, it's it's ore extraction, it's forestry, uh, it, it, it's carbon, mm-hmm. um, and yet there's not a whole lot there for the for me. I think to to really manage. Uh, I was surprised that. The degree to which I could basically ignore and flounder my way through right. managing these industries. And, man, cities just 
basically seemed cool with all of that. Yeah, there's like there's so little actual penalty or like negative feedback for failure with a lot of the stuff that it's like, yeah, I could level up my, you know, ore extraction industry and get some cool new bonuses to that. But I'm already I mean, John Bolding talked about this on one of our last podcasts that wasn't even about Skylines. Like you always have so much money in Skylines unless you really screw up that it just feels like it's further padding a balance sheet that you rarely are worried about anyway. I was playing with the money turned off and I was just completely confused by the whole thing, to be honest, because <laughs> I was trying to play, you know, in, in a sort of way where I understood I understood how the industries worked in real life. But, you know, that doesn't seem to apply very well to how the industries work in the game. Well, this was this is the thing I kind of want to dig into, because I think this sort of strikes at the blind spots that Skylines has sort of had since day one. And like, you know, important to understand when this game was Nobody knew this game was going to end up basically filling SimCity shoes uh, at, the, at the time they were sort of developing it. They sort of lucked into a lot of the notoriety this game got, and so the scope was necessarily going to be uh, somewhat limited. Uh, but I do feel like from the word go, City Skylines had a very loose relationship with the economic systems and interactions governing its city. And that's only gotten more pronounced as they've attempted to sort of layer more depth on top of that. Uh, and, and I'm curious, Justin, like, where, where would you like to begin, I, I, I think? Do you, do you want to talk a little bit about industries or just its economic model in general? I could give you, like, uh, since you're talking about blind spots in city skylines, I can give you, like, where these blind spots came from, honestly, I can give you a brief history of uh, the city building genre as it is, right? Let's do it. Okay, good. I, I took these notes for a reason. All right. So, um, to, to really understand where this came from, you got to go back to uh, a book called Urban Dynamics. It's published in 1969 uh, by a guy named J.W. Forrester, right? This is a sort of the first idea of a computer simulation of a city. Now, this guy was a electrical engineer he wasn't an urban planner right so uh you know he, he kind of tried to challenge some of the assumptions in the urban planning profession i don't know exactly what those were because this book is so hard to get uh a copy of it's like 200 bucks on amazon but uh what i do know is it's very much of its era which you know it's a era large-scale you know white flight suburbanization uh, we had some of these brand new urban renewal projects, which hadn't, you know, failed miserably as they have since then. Uh, and, you know, the only city that was growing in the country at the time was New York City and some, you know, suburban hellscapes like Orlando. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there's in, in this in this simulation, there's no physical or geometric simulation. It's all statistics and it has, as far as I know, a couple weird libertarian type assumptions. But uh and some of his protégés went on to write uh, Limits to Growth in 1972. That's a much more famous uh, sort of paper book, whatever. That was the one that said we were going to run out of most of our resources by 1990. Uh, <laughs> that didn't happen. So, But uh, this, was the, this was sort of the era. This was one of the papers, uh, Urban Dynamics, that inspired Will Wright to uh, 
do SimCity, and it's very hmm. much of its uh, of its era when we had a lot more confidence in computers' ability to solve our problems. I think the most famous is Project Cybersyn. That was uh, Salvador Allende's thing in Chile. That had the uh, big Star Trek control room where they had real time manufacturing statistics come in for all over the country. But uh, so. Urban Dynamics was one of the inspirations for the mechanics behind SimCity, which was uh, uh, a development of a level editor that Will Wright built. Um, and it has a few assumptions, which, you know, were kind of odd even for the time. You know, so you're doing single-use zoning, you're building on a completely greenfield site, so on and so forth. And, you know, SimCity 2000 built on that. Uh, the simulation was a little more complicated uh, as the SimCity's you know, kept going, they got a little more complicated every time. And, you know, the increasing, the increasing complexity was kind of a real, uh, one of the things that drove the, the genre forward, right? It, it increased in complexity each time. They never tried to decrease it up until SimCity 4, which is the first one that has socioeconomics in it, really. So you have low and high wealth citizens, um, still has a few assumptions with your suspect, like, uh, rich people are more likely to move out from high taxes than poor people uh you have if you have a high wealth building it can degrade to a low wealth building but a low wealth building you know can't ever uh be occupied by high wealth uh sims or businesses or whatever and after SimCity 4 that was out for like 10 years before they came out with the next one the SimCity societies focused on you know social classes and socioeconomics uh well not socioeconomics, just social stuff, uh, ex exclusively, uh, and failed miserably. SimCity 2013, flat out broken, had that always online thing, which turned out to be uh, uh, just a, a ruse. The agent system made some weird compromises. Uh, and then everyone thought we were done after that point, right? Because uh, it was such a bad game. There were a few competitors that showed up. There was Cities XL and Cities XXL. They were kind of unstable. They were bug-ridden. No one played them. Uh, and then suddenly this Finnish game studio comes out with City Skylines, and it's like, oh, wow, this is something worth playing. Holy hell. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's, the, that's the short version of the history of the city-building genre. Yeah. Um, in terms of, like, sort of the, you know, you, you mentioned a little bit, like, the uh, socioeconomic assumptions underpinning SimCity. Some of those do sort of get carried forward into uh, Skylines, right? I mean, like, very much it has this sort of um, packing order of, you know, buildings and zones sort of level up. Uh, and you obviously, like, are doing better and better the more... Uh, level three, everything you have, right? So you 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 know, the more your industries are becoming uh, like tech industries and uh, you know, uh, you know, modern finished goods uh, industries, that that's kind of the the goal you're chasing. Uh, Green Cities introduces um, office uh, like office zoning, uh, your, your which IT cluster, right? Yeah, that's their thing, the right? Office. And so that's sort of its vision. Which is kind of bizarre to me that, like, they, they put IT clusters in the Green Cities expansion, right? Because, you know, we, we got a couple of, I 
They're not called IT clusters, they're called telecom hotels. We had a couple in Philadelphia. One, one of the biggest one is up on North Broad Street. It's the old Reading Railroad uh, Terminal Commerce Building, which was the largest office building in the world when it was built, right? Now it's entirely servers, so it's uh, you know consuming a huge amount of energy and employs all of like 30 people. Uh, it's, it's absurd that you're like gonna say, well, this is green. That's the opposite <laughs> of green. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and as far as its model for industry, this is kind of where, where I start, start want to talk about where this starts to go a little bit wrong. Uh, even even laying the groundwork, I think, for what industries is trying to do, or maybe industries is trying to correct it. Um, so the vanilla version of Skylines, uh, I think, is very is very hand wavy. Basically, you're connected to the outside world by a couple things. Generally, it's a highway. And the goods from your factories, as long as they can trace, as long as they can trace a route like off the game world to the to the wider market, um, basically it's fine. Like your your city's connected, the goods are being brought to market and sold, and they they generate money, and the factories stay open. And the only way you can really screw it up, and I did uh, many times, <laughs> is if you overstress those, um, you know arteries uh they're trying to reach the outside world you'll end up with you know traffic jams that can basically cause uh factories to shutter while their goods are sitting in a traffic jam trying to make it to market and that's basically the um that that, that i think is largely the, the the primary engine of the economy in vanilla skylines is can things reach the market and i think it ends up being and this is this is a bit weird for me, especially given Colossal Order's background in transit sims. Yeah. Um, it still ends up being an incredibly car-focused um, city builder, I think, in a lot of ways. Like, there is still so much that is moved through on trucks, and they are the primary means of transport for just about everything. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can try to design around that, but Nevertheless, I, pretty much every city I've ended up building, even the ones where I'm trying to really lean heavily on like mass transit and stuff like that and, ra and rail lines, it still ends up being a pretty automotive-dependent city. Yeah, and, and that's one yeah, of the things that, yeah. that confused me about green cities, too, is the fact that you really can't – there's still really no way you can even build a, a mostly carless city. Like, it's always going to be – you can you can use the mass transit systems to to reduce traffic, but you know there's there's no real way to reduce it to a point where it feels like it, it's not you know the 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 primary means of transportation for everyone in your city. Which again, like when I I heard they were doing a green cities expansion, I was like, oh cool. I wonder if you could do like a carless. Maybe at least like a carless urban corridor, maybe, and then you know you connect to the suburbs as you get further out from that. And I'm, I'm curious if if it's just a limitation of the engine, maybe that they haven't done that yet, because it seems like it would be a really interesting way to go. It it it, it just seemed bizarre to me, right? Because I, I obviously not everything has to go by car. They do have mass transit, you know. I, I mean. The, I, the only thing that like needs to show up at the door of the building, I guess, are like the emergency services, right? Uh, and it, the way Sid, uh, Green Cities is, is like, well, you know, we have electric cars, right? Well, 
it's still cars, right? You're still, it, it's not very green to drag two tons of metal around with you everywhere you go, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you know, I, I've tried hard to try to make, uh, cities less less car dependent and it it really is it it does feel at times like herding cats uh just like you know i'm just like planting transit options around dense residential neighborhoods and being like look you bastards like you got eight bus lines one of them will surely take you (laughs) where you want to go uh but i'll be i'll make them free whatever you want you want a monorail too sure you you can get that um but the other thing is the same logic, I think, is, is largely applied to um, industry in, in the game. And it always feels a little bit to me like one of the ways, I, one of the things that always spelled doom for my city is I would become obsessed with traffic flow and I would activate the traffic filter on the city and just like watch where congestion is. And if there was ever a place that like we just sort of had that like burning, like clotted red. Um, I would move heaven and earth pretty much literally, uh, to try and clear those, uh, clear those log jams. So my cities would eventually just be like cut into concentric beltways and there'd be like massive, like Fritz Lang esque uh, skyways <laughs> cutting over the city, <laughs> with, like ramps, like dropping like uh, centipede, uh, legs down into neighborhoods. Um, but I think one of the other reasons I tended to obsess about that is because in terms of the economy, especially with the industries and the industries by and large employ, uh, you know, most of your mass workforce, I think in the city commercial districts do as well. Uh, but, but really uh, industries seem to be soaking up most of the employment needs for, for most of your residents. Uh, but the truck, uh, the semi truck seems to be kind of the um the blood cell of city skylines and it's it's economic order and as long as the truck can get to fact get to the factory and leave it and go to market or go to a place where the cargo can be put on something that'll take it to market uh it'll be good but that begins and ends with the truck and I think that kind of brings us into industries a, a little bit, and it's attempt to tackle heavy industry uh, via the same mechanics and the same scale uh, that, that City Skylines has, has always operated on. I, I mean, the main point I put forward in my video and the point I put forward when I talk to anyone at any time, at any day, you know, is uh, trains, you know? Just trains. Do the trains. I, it's absurd that so much stuff travels by truck in the game when, like, in in real life, you're not going to, you know, move giant steel plates by truck if you don't have to. You're going to put them on a train. You're not going to move huge quantities of lumber, you know, by truck. Uh, you put it on a train. A lot of stuff still goes by train. No matter what Elon Musk thinks, <laughs> we're going to have trains forever. And they serve a purpose. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think that? Why do you think that that blind spot exists in city skylines, and and why do you think it, industry sort of fails to to address it? Because uh, it it is striking the degree to which industries almost imagines these massive like extractive industries as still basically functioning like cottage industries, uh, where 
Yeah, just just people head out into the forest with a with a chainsaw, chop a tree down, truck oh, comes, yeah. load up that tree, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Like, I'm curious, like, where, where do you think that, like, why do you think the game operates that way? If you had to, if you had to sort of guess, uh, you know, looking at skylines as it's always operated, and then what they do in industries, um, why why do you think this is so divorced from any realities of like heavy industry? So uh, part of it is because I think the expansion may have been kind of rushed out. Um, I, I it just <laughs> it feels unfinished, right? Yeah. It, it really does. Um, part of it I think is because I don't know if anyone's yet figured out how to really simulate how freight railroads operate, right? Uh, there even games like Transport Fever, which focus on trains, right? Uh, they, the the way you run the trains in that game is completely divorced from reality, right? Uh, I I don't know if you're gonna if you're gonna go and simulate. Well, hey, we have the local train. It goes down this local track. It picks up a couple cars from every industry. It drops a few off, right? We bring that to the rail yard where that gets stitched together into a longer train, which gets sent to another rail yard, and it gets sent to another rail yard, and you know then we we disassemble the train and send that onto a couple other local trains, and they pick up and drop off cars from every industry. It'd be really difficult to program. Um, that's honestly like where I'm thinking, you know, that would be the, that would be the main problem. Uh, and it'd be really difficult to manage for the average player. I also think, um, cause I, I feel like you'd need to manually manage that. But mm-hmm. even if you did like a simplistic model where, you know, you have the freight train starts at one point and goes directly to the other point, that would be better than what we have now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I also think it has to do with the fact that kind of like the DNA of of the city builder genre, it's it seems like it always tends to go in almost like a New York City simulator direction where you're you're kind of building this this metro core area uh and you know like I live in Colorado, my parents live in the Pacific Northwest. We have mining, we have logging. Uh, that that kind of stuff doesn't take place like on the outskirts of like Denver or Portland generally, like it's kind of to have these like big resource extraction operations that they're trying to uh, kind of add into this game. That's really about building up an urban core is, is what it usually ends up being. Um, You know, it doesn't, I don't feel like there's ever really been a city builder that, that really models well, the idea of maybe an urban core existing within a larger ecosystem of like logging towns and mining towns, maybe, which is, you know, to some degree, it's, it's a limitation of space. Like how much stuff can you render at one time? Cause they tend to be, these things tend to be pretty far apart a lot of times in the real world. Um, but that's just in general, another thing that I wish skylines would, would let you do a little bit more, you know, when with green cities, when you try to build the city, that's like, okay, I'm going to zone all of my residential for like green housing or whatever. And I'm only going to have farming industry. And like it, it never really ends up feeling all that different from like a reskin of this giant, you know, grid based urban metroplex or whatever. Um, and I'd love to see some city builders that let you build, you know, if I want to build a little mining town, maybe that, that, uh, could be better supported. 
I mean, you could sort of do like the vast urban region in SimCity Four, right? Because they had they had regions then, and you could just build out, you know, like a hundred square miles, no problem. Uh, you couldn't build it all out at once. You had to concentrate on a certain number of tiles, and sometimes you had weird things going on, like uh, you know, Sims would commute from one city to the other. But that also meant that sometimes they commute from one city tile to another city tile to go to another city tile. But then the uh, then the simulation would get confused and they commute back to the first one, and you'd have a never-ending traffic spiral. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, I mean, and then their their solution to that in SimCity 2013 was basically the uh, amnesiac sim. Right, uh, which was oh, yeah. they just they they just beeline to the nearest job and then they beeline to the nearest home, uh, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. you know the, just sort of this the shrug at uh, you know the idea of the commute, um, the fungible society. <laughs> yeah, it's that boy. That that is such, that is such a weird game. I always sort of joked that that one reminded me of. Uh, it seemed like a very Bay Area game. Uh, in terms yeah, of yeah. this vision of like <laughs> tiny little towns that all do like one thing and then they have to transport their their primary export to the other towns and they're all interdependent and they're all the size of postage stamps um yeah not not a game that that, that I look back on with with very much fondness um but i i think something else and i touched on this a little bit when i was writing about it uh over at waypoint is that i think fundamentally Either this is an assumption that Colossal Order is making about the people who play these games, or it's a bias built into just the peop- the type of people who make these games. It's something that like, Colossal Order doesn't have much of an interest in, in. Interest in. I do not feel like City Skylines has ever been very interested in um, the messy details of industry and infrastructure to support industry. And how that is sort of separate from, uh, you know, basic, uh, you know, like residential and commercial infrastructure. Um, I always sort of felt like the vision in Vanilla Skylines was always these, um, how was the way to put it, like, Mixed commercial residential neighborhoods that you see everywhere now, uh, you know, tons of three, three and four story uh, condo buildings. That was sort of the ideal that's presented again and again in that game. You can change that with, uh, you know, with modding. But what what that game sort of defaults to presenting uh, as sort of the, the signs and signifiers of progress are sort of a modern uh, tech influenced gentrified neighborhood. And that's the stuff that like is sort of rendered the most uh, lavishly. It's the, it's the brightest. It's the prettiest. Uh, and then industry has always been sort of brushed off to the side. Like, it's kind of like a dull yellow-brown just in terms of its overall color. And the factories themselves don't have a ton of, like, visual def- differentiation. They're, they're, like, there's, yes, everything in this game sort of has recycled assets. You'll see the same building pop up again and again. Uh, with the factories, it feels like that's even more so. Um, and then the game sort of encourages you to quarantine industry uh, in places where it can't bother anybody. Uh, and that might create some you know, commuting issues, uh, getting your workforce to those sectors. But like the idea in, in, in City Skylines has always been Look, just there's going to be promote, uh, pollution, noise pollution, uh, you know, air and soil pollution, but you just put it over there in the corner somewhere. Yeah, 
and run a couple yeah, roads out yeah. there and it's fine. And I think there's also an element of, I just never have the sense that industry is particularly interesting either to Colossal Order or their, uh, or the audience they imagine they're selling to, right? The, the, it always feels like, well, this has to exist because otherwise what's powering the city uh, economically. But we all agree this is pretty boring, right? And that's kind of what we end up with. I, I mean, one of one of the things is like the idea of like quarantining industry out on the side of the city. Like, oh, okay, that's great. That's a very nice nineteen sixties assumption, right? Uh, it's not. That's not the reality of how cities are built. Like, okay, I'm here in Philadelphia, right? We got a we got a big oil refinery in South Philly. There's row houses right across the fence from this giant oil refining facility. We got a a big steam plant in Center City. That's you know, runs on natural gas, I think. We got, like, there's hundreds of metal shops throughout the city, which are, you know, just built-in row house neighborhoods, uh, abutting row houses. Uh, you know, industry is sort of, inter I got, a, I got like, a, an auto repair shop right on my block. Um, I, I mean, industries interspersed throughout residential communities. That's just how stuff was built until we came up with single-use zoning, which wasn't until, you know, I think the 20s, the 30s, Euclid versus Ambler. I, I don't remember exactly when that case was offhand. Uh, Can you kind of dig into that a little bit? Because I, I think a lot of people tend to, like, especially if you've, been, if you've grown up playing city builders, I think there's a tendency, and certainly I've, I've, tended, I've had this tendency, to sort of think of, like, yeah, this is roughly, like, how cities are zoned. Like, obviously not, uh, you know, not a city like Boston, which sort of, you know, almost grows up wild, uh, you know, in the, in the early days of uh, European settlement. But certainly, like, when you think of the modern uh, 19th and 20th century city, I do tend to think, like, yeah, they probably just, like, sort of, you know, you're sitting there with the, with, with the blueprints and you're sort, of, you're sort of sketching out, like, okay, the, you know, industry will be here, uh, you know, <laughs> residential zones here. Uh, talk to me a little bit about this, this, single, this single use zoning that looms so large in uh, the imagination of the PC city builder, uh, but doesn't actually reflect most the reality of how most uh, communities have been created. So single-use zoning, I pulled up the Wikipedia article so I could check the date, was um, uh, originally established uh, in the village of Euclid, Ohio, which is near Cleveland, I believe. Um, they were trying to prevent a factory from being built in their community. And they said, look, we're going to do zones, right? And they're going to say this is not an industrial zone, so you can't build a factory here. So... Um, there was a Supreme Court case about this Euclid versus Ambler Realty Company in 1926, and the Supreme Court decided, uh, yeah, this is a legitimate use of the police power that you can, um, you know, determine what should be built where. So we had single-use zoning or Euclidean zoning sometimes came out of that. So single-use zoning is a relatively new concept. Uh, it's from 1926, as opposed to, you know, how we used to build, which dates from, you know, whenever we invented cities. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> so uh, all of a sudden we had the idea of single-use zoning was the future, right? Because you, you, you would try and prevent, like, uh, you know, shops and houses on the same block, you know, because the shops are going to bring traffic or whatever. Um, and single-use zoning was the norm up until really the 90s when folks started to realize, uh, 
hey, this is actually producing pretty shitty communities, right? Because uh, no one wants to live in a suburban hellscape. And it turns out, actually, uh, being able to walk to the corner store is pretty nice. Now, I, I, sort of going back to where I was talking about the history of city builders, right? Uh, when the first Sim City was put together, uh, single-use zoning was still the norm, right? We, the sort of mixed-use zoning we have now wasn't really... Um, a, a thing, certainly not in the mainstream of planning, um, and certainly not in the popular conscious. Now, now we're going back to mixed-use buildings. We're, you know, building three and four-story condo buildings with, you know, stores on the first floor. But um, we're we're certainly not quite anywhere close to the anarchy, which is how most cities were built over the longest period of time. So when we um. You know, when we sort of apply that to the the, the model that City Skylines ha- has adopted, um, I've always sort of felt that the game ends up uh, basically replicating a lot of it ends up replicating a lot of prejudices about what a successful community and city looks like, and I, I feel like one of the um, Issues that begin to crop up with with green cities, and then with industries is is the sort of belated recognition that cities have these wider contexts and and wider dependencies, but still there's not this um, at this point there's there's not a ton of systems built into the game to support those recognitions, and also I'm not sure the game. I think the city of skylines, I think has always sort of felt a little bit to me like a, um, it's very much like a city planning empowerment game, right? You are the God King of the city. Uh, it is, it is a blank land, uh, that you can, and, and nobody will complain if you just like clear out an entire neighborhood, uh, to sort of, yeah, I just, I don't, I think I screwed up that grid layout. Hold on real quick. (laughs) Let me just, let me just clear cut, uh, you know, Two two neighborhoods uh, and try that again. And this game will let you do that, um, but I think that's also meant that this is a game that doesn't try to push back on you uh, very hard, and particularly with like the issues of sustainability that begin to crop up with green cities, and then sort of the environmental toll of industry uh, that, that was there with with the industrial zones, but also in industries. This game doesn't have, like, in its design, a ton of trade-offs you have to bear in mind. And I think the lack of those trade-offs and that pushback really end up hampering what both these expansions set out to accomplish. Yeah, I think it's actually directly related to a theme we've discussed several times with Civilization in this sort of mindset that the United States during the Clinton era was the peak of civilization, and that's what everybody should strive <laughs> for forever, basically. Uh, like, there were there, were, there was no problems. Everything was great. Everyone was fine. And, the first uh, tech you, bubble. What could right. be better? Yeah, if you can get to that point, uh, you've solved all the world's problems, and congratulations, you win. Um, I, don't, which, I don't know yeah. how we strive for that anymore. We already wrecked the welfare system. <laughs> Where do right. we go from here? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
And and yeah, it's 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 like uh, it's it's like it's a very optimistic outlook, and I can kind of understand why a studio, you know, like like Firaxis or like uh, like uh, Colossal Order would want to take you know video games that you know they're 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 supposed to be challenging they're also a form of escapism and like these types of games specifically tend to have these like very airy aesthetics and like kind of bright optimistic soundtracks and they want you to marvel at the great amazing prosperous city you've created and um you know, I think that's why they shy away from some of the underlying issues that that cause that to not really be even a small part of the whole picture in real life. Uh, but, you know, to some degree, I also think they're doing a disservice thematically and gameplay wise in not forcing you to deal with that stuff that's kind of beyond the, you know, the brochure for the city that you're going to be putting out to get people to come eat at expensive restaurants there. I, I mean, I, I had a lot of problems with green cities. I finally played it like mm-hmm. yesterday. Uh, it's it's kind of, it, it's a, it's, it's sort of a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a very aesthetic treatment of what green, you know, what a green city is, right? Uh, all your green buildings are new construction. Uh, you have like I don't know the green the green commercial areas are like a yoga studio and like a, a, a an organic produce mart, and I was just looking at this. And I was like, this is not this is not what green is, right? Uh, one of the things is uh, that the greenest building is the one that's already built, right? If you're building a brand new green building, you're extracting a lot of carbon out of the ground for the sake of putting it up. You know, it's a lot greener to re, re uh, renovate an old building than it is to put up a new one. I don't care how many, you know, triple pane glass you got on it or whatever. Uh. Yeah, it it is a very um, greenwashy treatment of uh, of the subject matter. And I think also I was really taken aback by how quickly it begins to fall back on just like sheer magical thinking solutions to like energy consumption um where yeah. like and there's an element of like i understand there's an element of uh aspiration that is fun and exciting for something like this sort of a not quite star trek ask but this idea of well you know what would what would an entirely like renewable uh you know electric grid uh, look like but often in green cities the solution the answer to that question is things that like basically don't make sense or don't are a long way from being deployable uh like i just had a random city and i was like damn i'm i'm running low on running low on power and the windmills they just aren't cutting it anymore uh, and, and damn those windmills were already putting in some work but uh i was i was sort of overstressing um that that grid but i'd unlocked a geothermal power and i could just put that anywhere like literally yeah. i was just like wait like don't i need a don't i need like a geothermal vent or something and not in this game uh, uh if you <laughs> dig deep enough you know <laughs> yeah and so it has these sort of solutions where it's like well you know you just pop this baby down and reach the earth's mantle and uh you know bottomless <laughs> power uh and it does something similar with um you know what is it? Solar chimneys. 
Um, uh, yeah. Which, like, I had to look that up because, like, I, I look because I was like, this has to be bullshit, and it's it, not. It, 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 it but would take not. up a whole city tile if you built it, you know, in real life, or or if it were accurately scaled. <laughs> right, but here it's this like it's the size of a baseball park, and yeah. it's just a it's just a little like solar for like a a grove of solar panels, and then I don't know how the solar chimney works. It's still a uh, you know in development technology, but. Green Cities ends up sort of fostering this idea of, oh, well, you can just, like, take that, like, that coal plant, that's old tech, doesn't, you don't need that anymore. Uh, what you, now what you can do is you just harvest a coal plant's worth of energy directly from the sun. Uh, yeah. If you got a nice front lawn, basically. <laughs> Or I got like uh, I got like a twenty-eight story tower and it's got some solar panels on the roof and suddenly, boom! It has like fifty percent less energy uh, consumption, right? And it's like, no, that's an amount of solar power panels that's going to like power you know a quarter of an average single-family house. Uh, it's not not super accurate. <laughs> I think a lot of this does come down to issues of scale uh, with with cities skylines, and I think this is inherent to a lot of um city builders uh when i was sort of thinking about industries I, I i kept returning a lot to um a series of photos that i that i that sort of mesmerized me a few years ago and i end up buying the book um uh, that sort of collects them uh this book called black maps uh by david mazel who's this uh photographer aerial photographer uh whose sort of main subject matter is places in North America that have been scarred by different extraction industries. And it's basically, you know how when you take a train trip, um, in some ways it almost feels like you're seeing backstage behind cities. Yep. Yeah. Um, Black Maps is back backstage, right? This is the stuff that very few people see unless you're directly concerned with these industries. It's, uh, you know, massive, uh, like almost can see them from space strip mining sites. Uh, it's, uh, you know, mat like vast pools of, uh, you know, spoil runoff from, uh, from, from coal mining operations. Um, you know, what, what does, uh, you know, tar sands oil extraction look like what 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 does what what did that look like from 8000 feet in the air and the answer is pretty ugly uh pretty pretty terrifying also in these photos like kind of mesmerizing uh there is sort of an awful beauty to them uh just in their sheer scale and uh the the sort of dawning horror as you realize what exactly you're looking at and what you're seeing but the thing that, that that series of photos really drove home to me is a lot of heavy industry, particularly like extractive industries, operate at a scale that is just way beyond anything you see in your day-to-day. -day. You don't see it. You don't see things of that scale in a city. Uh, you don't see it you know, yeah. even out in the outskirts of a city. You, you, know, you see a city mill. I grew up in uh, northwest Indiana, so I grew up sort of surrounded by, by steel mills, and those are big. Yes. Um, but they're not big in the way a range of, a range of hills you know, being used for coal mining are big. Uh, that's just a different scale. And I think industries begins to – a lot of city builders sort of struggle with this. Because basically at that point what you're talking about is 
this long logistical chain connecting the countryside and the wilderness to the city and the resources being extracted from the former to fuel the latter. And Skylines, like a lot of these things, just tried to sort of smash them together and then have it all operate at the same scale. But I think when you do that, weird things begin to happen very fast. You don't have a lot of downtown mining operations, you know, uh, except that big quarry in Chicago and the uh, the Detroit salt mine, of course. But uh, other than that, those are like the two. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like one of the things that, I don't know, maybe this is the direction that could have salvaged the industries a little bit. Um, if they'd maybe sort of committed to this idea that these industries just operate at a much, much larger scale than your city does. Because I think right now what it is is industrial these, – these new industries buildings are bigger. Like if you, if you put down uh, – like when you've leveled up your industrial zone enough, you can put down a large farm. Yeah. And that large farm in that game looks like it's about the size of a city block. That's, that's the idea. Uh, that's the scale you're working at in this game. And I feel like maybe it would have worked out a little bit better or it would feel a little bit better if they just sort of set up a, if they'd sort of built a game that says like, no, if you want, if you want ag industry in your city, one of those like massive, one of those larger, like zone tiles that you sort of buy as you level up your city and expand it outwards that, across that the whole map. thing yeah and you have yeah. one center point irrigation thing in it and you trace a circle all the way around because you go out west and it's where the jefferson grid is still uh in force you know each one of those fields is one square mile and there's a center point irrigation thing spinning around and uh that's bigger than the city tile that you buy <laughs> yeah yeah, no, I was I was actually thinking the exact same thing. Uh, that I think that would be a great solution to at least model the scale of it a little bit better for sure. Yeah, I. Uh, but even then, I think there's there's a necessity to sort of reckon with the cost of these things head on. That um, I'm just not sure Skylines is equipped to do because I think Skylines is fundamentally a a pretty sunny and lighthearted game. Uh, right. And, I, and I, maybe yeah. the city builder I want is like one that's about the city and the country um, and the relationship between the two. Right. Well, and I'd also love a city builder that, that gives a little bit more thought to cause and effect as far as like socioeconomic issues and like what parts of your city end up having higher crime rates and why does that actually become the case and, you know, what... What are solutions to that that don't involve just, you know, plopping down more police stations and, you know, increasing your police budget? I think yeah. there's definitely room in the market for that kind of a game. If someone wanted to make it, it would just kind of be breaking from the the uh, the will right lineage to some degree. And the last thing I, I'd point out, and this is a this is a weird thing that I think is an important thing to note about industries. This is I should have put this front and center because I think you can't understand how fully weird this expansion is without the central fact. Uh, the market never crashes in industries. Uh, nothing ever goes wrong. Uh, we you sort of refer to the fact that like it's kind of it's kind of idiot proofed. Uh, like if you're if if you're mismatching your your outputs and and your inputs. Uh, everything excess will just be sold on the open market and you make a profit anyway. Uh, but this is not a game where, like, you're never going to be hit by an economic downturn. 
Well, I assume they went for the full-on, uh, you know, Chinese uh, economic model here, you know, the state capitalism, right? You can never have a crash because I can just, you know, pump money into the Shanghai composite and, you know, economic growth is perpetual because the money's not real. Uh, I, I assume, yeah, uh, these maybe are my projections on what the economic model is, but uh, it, it, it seems to me like a pretty accurate... Uh, uh, simulation of, you know, Chinese state capitalism. <laughs> that is one of the things I enjoyed about your review was w w the way you committed to never calling it the industry's expansion. Uh, As a state but, capitalism expansion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and I do think, like, you know, the, the other part of this is I think that sort of heavy industry, um, you know, for all its... Uh, you know, environmental costs and everything. Like one of the reasons these photographs always hypnotize me is because they are kind of these uh, weird feats of uh, engineering and infrastructure. Uh, and I think there's there's a way to make a game about that stuff interesting, but I don't think Skylines has an interest in that. Like I, I just I don't think. Uh, Skylines has much of an industry and it has much of an interest in, um, you know, mountaintop removal coal mining. Yeah. Uh, that's just, that's just not what this game, this, this game is set up to be. And, uh, I think that's up, I think it ends up really, really hurting this expansion. I was really, I was really surprised by, um, you know, as I played it, just how quickly I found myself basically ignoring all the industry stuff and just going back to, I don't know, building parks, <laughs> just trying to smooth, yes. improve uh, to get to get these ungrateful bastards to take a train once in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to get people to take a train, uh, which is unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's it's interesting because they like they have kind of systems in place that could be adapted. To some of the things we're we're talking about in terms of uh, you know economic downturn and stuff, they have these these mechanics that that can have entire neighborhoods uh, kind of take a take a dive, but it's always because you know either you don't you don't have enough firefighters or you know your your sewage system backed up and poisoned everybody that's which my personal like, favorite way to let the not, go down yeah. it's not like those <laughs> things never happen but they're not like common causes of of the the sort of uh urban uh blight as it were that that you sometimes see and i think it would be interesting if they would introduce maybe an expansion to deal with some of those issues yeah, I think I think at that point though you're talking about probably you need to design a different kind of game than yeah. than Skylines is, um, and I don't know. I'd, I'd be interested in see, seeing Colossal Order tackle that challenge. Uh, I think Skylines at launch uh, was an example of a studio really punching above its weight, uh, but I think there's a point where maybe the fantasy of the city builder should give way for a lot of reasons, uh, both just in terms of creating interesting challenges uh, for, for players to sort of deal with, but also from the standpoint of engaging with the world. Uh, there, there's a place for a city builder to, to begin doing that and to get away from this, uh, you know, blank sheet of pay-per-view of the city 
and more toward, uh, you know, the, the more complicated and compromised reality that most of us know. I think there's a sort of like social responsibility that goes into making these games, to be honest, because uh, your city building games are how people are getting into like urban planning as an interest or even urban planning as a profession. Uh, I mean, these are the, the, the main way that like folks are going to learn to start thinking about the built environment is through city building games. And uh, I, I feel like if there's like a, if it's a completely inaccurate representation of reality, well, people are going to try and make uh, pe- people who go into urban planning, people who make the decisions, who grew up playing these games, are going to start trying bend in reality into this totally inaccurate system, which you know you you have in these games. Uh, maybe I'm you know going too far by saying that, but I, I think it's it, it, I think it's it'd be more useful from a societal standpoint to have a more accurate city builder than uh, than something that you know. Uh, well, where everything goes on trucks and everyone drives a car. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, certainly at least one uh, to to provide a different take. Uh, we got different views of, you know, we we cover war games all the time. There's a lot of different approaches taken to simulating that, but the city builder um, tends to fall to either this model or the much more, I suppose, like resource puzzle game uh of like the impression yeah. city builders of the anno series uh which are really more um uh, they're like supply chain puzzles uh more than they are like anything about urban like dynamics of urbanism but uh yeah so it sounds like i still i i still like uh skylines a great deal i was hoping that this would be the expansion that would sort of sparking renaissance for me in that game i was hoping that this would be the one that starts to introduce some of the complexity and like realistic grounding uh that i'd sort of been missing from the series and instead i i think this this might be the one that sort of cements for me the fact that like i now know what i'm going to get out of city skylines at least in this iteration and uh you know i'm kind of ready for the next thing yeah i've kind of taken to treating it as is it's it's kind of a an interactive 3D art tool uh, for me at this point more than anything where I can kind of experiment with different you know, ways to lay things out and then it you know it looks nice when you have everything going but I, I don't really play it in the same way that I play other video games a lot of the time uh, except for you know the odd like little challenge I'll set for myself like when I tried to see if I could do a you know a carless city or a mostly carless city at one point um, because it 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 uh if you just play it straight up without imposing any sort of restrictions on yourself it does feel like it's it doesn't it doesn't uh punish you for mistakes as much as maybe it should uh or give you the the sort of really stringent uh goals that that might make it a little bit more of a a puzzle sort of game um so yeah at this point i think i i just kind of use it to be a, more of an ant farm than anything else. Justin, I'm, I'm curious, where, where have you ended up with this? Because I know that, like, you use Skylines also for some instructive purposes. Like, for you, it's not just a game you play, uh, but it's also a useful illustrative tool. Uh, but but I am curious, both as as that kind of tool, but then it's just something you, you, you sort of futz around with. Uh, where are you at with, with Skylines at this point? 
Well, obviously, I've used it as a very effective tool to disseminate uh, propaganda. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, um, I mean, as far as, like, where the expansions go, I, I... I, I don't feel like they've 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 changed the way I use the program at all, right? I I don't feel like it's um, I I don't feel like this is something which was uh, this is going to affect the way I play the game or use the game to illustrate uh, you know political concepts or anything like that. Um, I I finally like the when I did the industries expansion was the uh, review was the first time I had played the game without mods in a couple years I think. Uh, and I was kind of like just uh, astounded at like, well, this is what the game is like. Oh my god, um, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I mean, as far as like where I am with the industry's expansion, is it's kind of like, well, it's it's there. Um, I'm not going to use a lot of features from it. I I don't I don't I don't look at it as something that's like essential or non-essential. I, I, I I don't know. It hasn't it hasn't really changed my opinion of the game very much, other than I think you know a lot of the assumptions are stupid, and I've sort of resigned myself to the fact that they're never gonna do trains properly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess we are just going to have to to wait for the the renaissance of the uh, of of the train uh, of, of the of the rail sim. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Microsoft Train Simulator is still the best train simulator out there. Uh, what is it, 20 years later? <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that will do it for this week. We'll be back next week with more strategy discussion. Three Moves Ahead is produced, as always, by Michael Hermes and is hosted on the Idle Thumbs Network. You can learn more about the show and discuss this episode with our community at threemovesahead.net or follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash 3MA. Uh, finally, Through the Head is supported by listeners just like you on Patreon. You can learn more at patreon.com slash 3MA. Uh, Justin, before you go, uh, where can people keep up with you and, and, and your work? So I'm on YouTube at do not eat one, I think. Uh, I'm on Twitter at do not eat one as well. Uh, I know that one for sure. I am also on Mastodon. If you don't like all the Nazis on the Burge site, uh, at <laughs> do not eat at mastodon.social. Um, look up my Franklin series. Look up my power planning and politics series. Learn about some urban development. Learn about how your neighborhood, how your community functions. All right. Uh, and TJ, where can people where can people keep up with you? Uh, I am at Asa TJ, that's A-S-A-T-J on Twitter, uh, loresworn.com. Our uh, website is currently undergoing some uh, renovations, but we're also the Lorsworn Order on YouTube where I'm, uh, we're, we're kind of doing a relaunch right now, so it's going to be a lot of new cool stuff coming up. All right, well, uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, looking forward to getting back to it next week with another episode of Three Moves Ahead. Uh, until then... For Justin, for TJ, this is Rob Zachney saying goodnight.